Well, there we go. And the reason why you are clapping to this is because this is all you. Am I right? Yes. I love the one that says, take off your church sticker. Yeah? Yeah, because I see how some of you drive with the church sticker on. There we go. Guys, it is great to be with you at church for the 1st of January 2023. And I'm a firm believer you can only say Happy New Year on the day it is Happy New Year. So I want you to do that for two seconds. Just turn around to a few people around you. Just say Happy New Year because tomorrow... There we go. Online, you can do the same. You can say Happy New Year. Look at that. Because tomorrow you can't say Happy New Year. It's Happy Year because the new is gone. How many of us are like this with New Year's resolutions? And sometimes we do not make lists, but we make lists in our mind. And every year it changes a bit. You know, I was speaking to a congregation member just before the service started. The older I get, the more my New Year's resolutions has changed. When I was younger, I was like, may I have perfect hair, and I want a six-pack, and I want to meet my wife of my dreams, and, and I want to drive a beautiful car, and I'm now realizing I'm 41, yes, my wife says, yeah, I'm turning 42 this year, and now I am just praying for the stomach to disappear, I'm praying that the hair loss will stop, because when I go to the barber, I don't cut hair, I cut ear hair and nose hair, I don't know where that is coming from. And I pretty much got my one resolution about my wife and my family. So yeah, I got that one right. But we live in a world where we have to be perfect in so many things. And I don't know about you, but maybe you've started making New Year's resolutions in your mind that you want to do certain things better. But I mean, just look at the video and we all agree that is us. Um, There's about six things to fix. You see, the world tells us you need to live a perfect life. You need to have a happy life. You need to find love. You need to have the perfect job, the perfect car, the perfect children, the perfect school, the perfect body. I don't even know what the perfect body looks like anymore, to be totally honest. For me, if I'm just like this, I'm happy. But we all want to do that. And if we don't achieve in one of those things, the world tells us we're not successful, we're not good enough, we're not hustling, we're not doing well. And we came to a place in the world now where we're cutting out toxic people all right, out of our lives, because that's some of the things we say. And actually, Jesus didn't want you to cut them out. They're toxic because they need Jesus, and you're the only reason that they can get to Jesus. And we have these sayings now, it is what it is. Have you heard that? That's the, I was like, what does that even mean? Or whatever the year brings, the year brings. And I'm thinking, what has happened to us that we've lost hope? I don't know if you've noticed, but this morning I woke up. I normally don't do the New Year's messages at 12 o'clock. I'm old. I sleep now. I'm owning it, baby. I'm owning it. So when I, when I got my phone today, I am, I am amazed about how many less Happy New Year messages I got. It could be one or two things, and I hope it's the second thing. The one thing is you don't like me, or two, people have lost hope. And I do think it's the latter. We're going into 2023, and we're thinking it is what it is. And I want to tell you today, I, I want to do something a little bit different. This is not going to be your New Year's message where your resolutions or your, your lists or whatever the case may be. I want to do something a little bit different. I want us to go back to a basic. So I want you to take your list. Can you take your list for me? Your, your list here, put it in the air for me. This is your New Year's resolutions. Okay, do you have it? We all have one. Don't fake it now. And go and tear it. Some of you have telephone books that you've ripped now. You know, there's a, there's a story in Zechariah, the book of Zechariah. Now, for those who do not know, Zechariah is an Old Testament book, and he was a minor prophet in the Bible. 
And he was, and if you don't know where to find it, one, read your Bible more this year, and two, it's the second last book in the Old Testament. But I love the story about Zechariah, and I want to start off with that. I want to speak about that, and there's a few things that stood out for me that we can do differently for 2023. But actually, not only for 2023, for the whole of our lives, so that we, we live a more joyous life. You see, when Zechariah came, pe- came to people where they were captive for 70 years, can you imagine being captive for 70 years? And what happened is they were released by Cyrus to go and build the temple again in Israel. And what happened is they got there, they started enthusiastically, but there came problems and issues and worries. And you know what happened? They give up. It's so true for us here in Whitbank and online and wherever you are watching from today. We start off every year so well, so positive, so amazing. But somewhere in the line, the enemy comes, the devil, whatever you want to call him, and something happens and we gave up. And when I look at the story at Zechariah, sorry, in Zechariah 4 verse 7, there was a word that stood out. And I'm going to read this. It says this, what are you, great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain, and he will bring out the capstone. I'm going to sit on that today. The capstone, accompanied by shouts of grace, grace to it. Here, Zechariah was prophesying that, hey, whatever the mountain is, it will become plain because of a capstone. Now, that capstone, if you want to go into English, because that's the word that stood out, I didn't know what a capstone is. It is a cornerstone. And a cornerstone is being used in a foundation. And when we look at the Bible in Isaiah, when we look at the, the verses and so forth, we see that actually it was prophesying that Jesus will be the cornerstone, the foundation. But what if we as humans do? We left our spiritual house for 70 years and came back hoping it will still be intact. So what you do is you close your doors, you close your windows, you switch off the stoves and you go on a holiday for 70 years or seven years. Let's just make it more realistic here. And you came back hoping the house will still be intact. Now, for those in the world or in the rest of South Africa, I don't know about you, but you know what happens in this city when you leave a home empty for a few months? Okay, for those who do not know, your door is gone. Your gutters is gone. Your geyser is gone. The copper pipes are gone. And you're lucky if you have bricks left at your house. And we laugh at this, but this is what we do with our spiritual life. So every year, we're building on top of this shaky foundation, hoping that the door will be better this year, that the windows will be better, the roof will be better. But then when the storms of life comes and it falls to pieces, we look at our house and we're like, I give up. I firmly believe this is where we're at in 2023. But there's hope. And the hope is when we look at this Old Testament prophet, Zechariah, telling us it will become plain, we need to do a few things. And the first thing I need to ask you today is, what is your foundation on? What is your hope? Because we've replaced Jesus as the cornerstone and put something else there. Maybe your hope is in your retirement fund. Maybe your hope is in your marriage. Maybe your hope is in your husband or your wife. I want to tell you now, don't do that even. Because we are human, it will fail. We put our hope in everything else except Jesus. And then when something happens, we go like, I give up. 
But we can replace that. We can change that around. We can do something different. But God doesn't want us to start big things, a list of 20 things that I want to do better. He says start small. Start one way. Start with the cornerstone. It says this in Ephesians 2, verse 19 to 20. Oh, sorry, in Isaiah 28, verse 16 to 17. So this is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious stone, a cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who trusts it will never be dismayed. I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the plumb line. God was saying, I'm sending my son to you. I'm sending Jesus Christ to you, and he will be the foundation. I want you to take a hard look at your life a bit. What is above Jesus at the moment? Is it your finances? I hope we all learned that lesson past COVID. Maybe you put your, your, your happiness, your joy in your marriage. I want to tell you now, if you put your wife first and your husband first, you're in the wrong space. Your marriage will not last. You know why? Because God is not first. God first, husband, wife, and so we go along. If you put God first, the cornerstone, you can build the foundation out of that. Maybe you put your foundation in your relationships. People are going to fail. Disciples failed. Paul failed. This is people of faith. They failed. But also, I think sometimes we do everything in our own strength. You know, when I look at this foundation, this cornerstone in, in my study Bibles, Ephesians 2 verse 19 to 21 was a reference verse. And I love this. It says, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens. But fellow citizens with God's people and the members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, which Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. The whole building is joined together in him and he rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. It means, it means for us today that we don't have to do anything in our own strength. Are you fearful about tomorrow? Don't. The Lord is your strength. If you are stressed about the future of this country, don't. The Lord is your strength. What I've seen happening is, is we, we, we live in a world where there's so much negativity. Everything is negative. Are any of you on a war group that is load shedding and load reduction over December? I cannot be the only one. And the reason I know I cannot be the only one because I have so many numbers of the church congregation saved and they do not know that I'm on those groups. And the language you used when the power goes out. And you're laughing because now it's like, is we talking about me? The point I'm trying to make is negativity breeds negativity. And I can see that people's lost their hope in Jesus Christ. I can see people losing actually faith in Jesus Christ. And I think at the end of the day, and I'll get to my story a little bit later, but I think at the end of the day, we've missed the cornerstone. The cornerstone cannot be municipality or government or Eskim or whatever you put your cornerstone on because it's going to fail you. But if your cornerstone is in Jesus, if you can do that one small thing this year, just believe that Jesus is your cornerstone. At the end of the day, you will have joy. Not happiness, but you will have joy. Because I don't have to do anything in my own strength. Can I predict the future? No. Can I prepare for it? Yes. But can I trust the Lord? In that, you know, the Tower of Pisa, I think I say it right. Um, there's a picture of this. That I, I just want to keep the picture on for a while, so don't take it off yet. But the Tower of Pisa is the perfect example of a foundation being laid wrong. Because three stories up, they already seen it was skew. 
but they continued to build it. But the foundation was only three meters in. I mean, three meters, it's, it's not a loss for a 54-meter tall building. And what they've discovered is that if they don't do something, in 2008, if they don't do something quickly, this thing is going to go fall over. So they used 70,000 tons of dirt and renovations to fix it. Now, as Christians, we're the Tower of Pisa. Can I tell you why? Because you might have started the year wrong. You might have started your life wrong. You might have started that Jesus is your, uh, that Jesus is not your Lord and Savior. You didn't trust him and you grew skew. But Jesus doesn't leave you there. Because as the engineers also saved the Tower of Pisa, because it would say like that for 200 years, God came and saves you. Because your foundation is in the right place. And the people do not go to straight buildings in Italy. We cannot name other straight buildings in Italy, but we know the Tower of Pisa. And you're the Tower of Pisa because people will be asking, what is your hope and your faith? And I can see that was your life. You grew skew in your life. But what changed to become stable? And that is the power of Jesus Christ because my foundation has changed. So I want you to understand this. God is not looking for straight buildings. There's plenty of them. But he's looking for buildings that has a message. And that's a message of hope and a message of foundation and a message that God loves you and he wants to start a foundation with you. Matthew 6 verse 33 says, but seek first, first the kingdom of God and everything, uh, kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. If a cornerstone is not Jesus, you're going to fail. If your cornerstone is not Jesus, you're going to come sit here next year again, say happy new year, but you're still sad inside. You're not fulfilled inside. And I can testify to this. But Jesus wants you to start small. Start with him as the cornerstone. Start with him as the foundation. That brings me to my second point. Start building from our cornerstone. If you believe in Jesus, if Jesus is first in your marriage, your business, your life, your relationship with your children, if you, if you trust that first, then we can start building our kingdom of, with God. We can still build God's kingdom together. Not our kingdom, God's kingdom, to make it very clear. Now, 1 Peter 2 verse 4 to 8 says this, Coming to him a living stone. He was rejected by men, but chosen and valuable to God. You yourselves as living stones, listen to this, you are living stones, are being built into a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable for God through Jesus Christ. For it's contained in Scripture, Look, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and honored cornerstone, and the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. So honor will come to you who believe, but, love this, for the unbelieving, the stone that the builders rejected, this one has become the cornerstone and a stone to stumble over and a rock to trip over. They stumble because they disobeyed the message and they were destined for this. You are living stones. You can tell your neighbor, yes, a clip. Oh, in English, you're a rock. All right. You know, sometimes my teacher told me I'm as dumb as a brick. So maybe, ha ha, look at you, teacher. I am a brick. There we go. You're a living stone. And you are supposed to be put into God's kingdom. But the cornerstone, you need to understand in the old days, the builders used that cornerstone, the height and the width and everything was corrected. And they built from that. So we need to look to Jesus when we build. We have to look at our perfect example. We are not the cornerstone because the cornerstone was perfect. We are just different stones in that. And there's a picture of that. There's the cornerstone perfectly measured, put together. But look at all the other stones. They in line with that and they fit in perfectly. 
at the end of the day. It's symbolic now, but in the old days, it was a perfect stone. So the first thing that the wise builder would do was to select and place that cornerstone. Today, you need to select and place your cornerstone. If there's one thing you do today, out of everything else you want to achieve in 2023, is to put the cornerstone as Jesus first. What is your cornerstone? A lot of people are looking for spirituality and religion and human philosophies to have their cornerstone. Some of us look into our finances and our business and how it grows to be our cornerstone. Our, our life is based on what our business card looks like. Some of us want to have titles, to have power over people, to be called CEOs and COOs and everything else. And, and that's what you want to build your cornerstone on. But can you imagine today if in your marriage Jesus was the cornerstone? Can you imagine if you took out your worship of your husband and your wife and put Jesus as the worship there in the cornerstone, how much better your marriage would be? Can you imagine your business, instead of taking the bribes, which is an everyday occurrence, you take that out as a cornerstone and you pray as the business over every morning with your staff and teach them about Jesus as the cornerstone. Can you imagine what your business will do, not only financially, but also in the community around you? But Louis, you do not understand this. My business is busy. My people are always working. You're the boss. You decide. Stop excuses. Start small. Pray five minutes before they climb in their cars or their buckies or their vehicles to breakdowns. Can you imagine your job? If you're in a mine, you have a team of workers going underground. If you pray on that shaft going down. But not everybody believes like I do. Who cares? Jesus is alive. And at the end of the day, your job is to reach the nations, to make them disciples and baptize them. You do that. But we are Christians are so scared we offend anybody. But then that's why our cornerstone is out. That's why our house is falling. Can you imagine your relationships? You are right and he is wrong. And you go to him and say, you know what, forgive me. Can you imagine that guy will be on the back leg? Why? Because of Jesus. We build our kingdom from our cornerstone. Our marriage. Our children, our businesses, husbands, dads. I don't know when this has become a thing where you ask your children to come to church. You drag them to church. When has that happened? Yes, I also didn't want to go to church. If my wife didn't go to church, and I liked her so much, I wouldn't have gone to church. But my life has changed tremendously because of her obedience. Now, she didn't drag me by the hair. I had hair back then. But I went. I didn't want to go. I was forced to go. The word was... If you want to drink coffee by me, you come into church. Husbands, can you imagine if you lead your wife in prayer and lead your wife in discipleship and Bible study and so forth? Can you imagine the impact we will make if husbands prayed loudly over their wives and wives prayed loudly over their husbands so that the devil can know that not today, Satan, the power of blood of Jesus Christ is over my wife and my husband? It's not a difficult thing to do. It starts small. Then I have so many men in my office say, but Louis, I cannot pray like you guys do. Can I tell you a secret? I prayed for a tomb to roll away. How does a tomb roll away? Yeah, exactly. It will get to some of you. All right. I sat on the stage in my first sermon and said, Jesus was pregnant. How do I have a job here at New Life Church? And please, for those online, do not cap cut it now only to that part and then put it on, call me a false preacher now. But, God cares about your heart. He cares about your relationship with your wife and your husband and your relationship with your business people and friends and family and children. 
More is caught than taught sometimes, guys. But start small. What is your cornerstone today? Where are you building it? Isaiah 28, verse 14 to 16 says this. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. You mockers, you rule his people in Jerusalem. For you have said, we have cut a deal with death, and we have made judgment with Shaul. When the overwhelming scorch passes through it, it will not touch us because we've made falsehood our refuge and have hidden behind treachery. I hope, this is my verse, the next part is my verse for 2023, and I, I love to do that. And I really hope that you will also take note of this verse, but it says, that, therefore, our Lord God said, look, I have laid a stone, a cornerstone in Zion. It is a tested stone, which God had a cross for us. It is a precious cornerstone because it was the Father's Son. It's a sure foundation because Jesus was fully human and fully God and he could not sin. The one who believes will be unshakable. Unshakable. Look, I have laid a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. The one who believes will be unshakable. New Life Church, we need to become unshakable in our faith. If you have stage 10 load shedding, you're unshakable in your faith for telling everybody off. When somebody is not the way you want them to be, you do not tell them off or say, I'm cutting out toxic people in my life. You cannot say as a brother and sister in Christ here today, and I'm sorry if I'm, no, I'm not sorry if I'm stepping on toes, but you cannot say it is what it is because it's not. We need to change. The world is desperate. The world is negative. The world needs help. Guess who Jesus called us to help? Us, me, you, everybody else. We need to have and to show that hope. But Louis, I'm already overwhelmed. I'm afraid. I'm anxious. I don't know what to do. Start with the cornerstone. Build from that. And do not give up. You know, this very year, I'll be a bit... I cry always, so I apologize. I I said in the first service, I cry like a little girl, but I think that was wrong. So I'm crying like a little kid. In in, in the end end part of this year, I'll tell you that it's not always easy to do this. It's not always easy. I have, in October, September, October this year, I wanted to give up being a pastor at New Life Church. Not because of New Life Church, I just didn't give up. I felt I was not making an influence. There was not, stuff was not changing. People were not coming to courses. It feels like things were not happening as it should. And I was like, where is, where is, my, where is my legacy? What is going to happen to me? That I was sitting in an office crying, thinking, this is maybe not for me. Maybe not for me. And and God said something, two things. One, I have pride in my life. I very much own that. I'm working through it and I'm trying. But God said, hey, be humble. Because the people that God wants me to see or to meet or whatever is from him. Who do you work for? New Life Church or for me? And I had to say my cornerstone was in my own knowledge of the Bible. Not the wisdom of the Bible. The knowledge of the Bible. I could quote verse. I don't know where it's in the Bible, but I know the verses. I'm not that good with knowledge. But I had to sit down and I was thinking, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because I've lost all my joy for ministry. If I didn't have certain people like Ryan and Chisomo, bless his heart, and my wife and my children, I think it would have been a different story. I want to tell you, I want to plead to you, don't go into 2023 thinking it's going to be different or better or the same. When your cornerstone is not Jesus, the cornerstone must be Jesus. Start small. And do not give up. In Atomic Habits, a book that James Clear wrote, he said about starting a small habit in our lives. He told the people that was overweight to go to the gym two minutes a day. Can you imagine getting to the gym for two minutes a day? You're intact and you're out. There we go. Done. 
Then the next day, you go three minutes. Okay, now you've tagged, you're in, you almost lift the weight. Then go four. Then go five. Then go six. Then go seven. And by the end of the time, it takes 21 days to do a good habit. You're in the habit of going to the gym. You know, I've told the story before, I'm going to tell it again. We, it was a December month, we went on holiday, and Brooklyn was small, and we played with this humongous beach ball in the pool. And you know what? I was taking off my shirt thinking, yes, I'm a daddy. And my daughter goes, you look like a beach ball. <laughs> Thanks, eh? Yo, what a support. And that day I decided when I get back, I'm going to do something about it. And I ran one kilometer in this church parking lot every day. And then a few months later, two. And then five. And then ten. And then I put some goals to it. And then I'm st- I stopped at 21. I'm not doing anything more than that. God has called me 21.1. That's what it is. But the habit started. I want you to start small like that. There's a video I want to show you now quickly. And as you look at the video, I'm going to give you a few examples of Bible men and women who inspired me about starting small. And I hope the video comes. There we go. So if you look at this video, it's just the small drops of water that falls onto this hard surface. And then after a while, you'll see what those small, consistent drops does. You know, when I look at David, David was a shepherd. He was in, in, in the bushes, and his dad even forgot about him when there was a king opportunity coming up. Can you imagine your parents forgetting you at school? Ever happened? Yes. I Bring your parents. We need to pray for them. But that's what happened to David. He was, a, and if you look at the video now, how the big change is happening. But David was a shepherd, became a king and a mighty warrior because he was faithful in the small. Mary was a young woman who was chosen by God, by God to be the mother of Jesus. Can you imagine an angel comes to you and says, hey, you're going to be pregnant. You're going to be born the, the, the son of the world today. You would be like, what? And even though Joseph wanted to divorce her silently, she still kept the faith. Abraham was a small, simple man who lived in a town pretty much like Whitbank. And God called him to, to move out, out of his comfort zone and become the father of many nations. Peter is my favorite person in the whole world. I love Peter. Just, I think I, I just like, Ugh. he says it as it is, cut off ears, you know. For those who do not know, when we had our volunteer appreciation evening, I was Peter. I had two ears around my neck and nobody knew I was Peter. Shame, eh? But Peter was a fisherman. That's what he did. He just did fishing. And yes, he became this intense person. He cut off ears and he denied Jesus three times. But his story didn't stop there because after, after Pentecost, he preached one of the first sermons. And that was the start of the establishment of the early church in Acts 2. God uses him mightily. But he started small and he repented when he was wrong. And he made sure that Jesus was the cornerstone again. Guys, there's hope for us in 2023. There's joy for us in 2023. But not a worldly one. Not a worldly one. If Jesus is at the cornerstone, I didn't have to have anxiety because Jesus got it. I don't have to do anything in my own strength. I don't have to do anything in my own wisdom. I can give it to God. Yes, you have to plan and whatever the things might be. But I don't have to stress about anything. And I think sometimes we limit God because if I tell you now to stop your business with underhand dealings, like where am I going to get the money from? Do you trust God as your provider? Jesus is your cornerstone? But my husband and my wife will never change. We will never get this right. Do you trust Jesus as your cornerstone? Hey, Louis, you know, my, my business, my people won't pray. They, they don't believe. Do you trust Jesus as your cornerstone? The Holy Spirit can do so much more than what we can do. And I want us to stop putting Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father in a box of our help. 
They don't work in our space. Starting small might be to start reading the Bible a bit. Now, at New Life Church, we make it so easy for you. We have a Bible plan every Sunday on the YouVersion Bible app, and you can read verses with us and even comment. That's how easy it's going to take you about 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day. Start small. But don't know, say, Louis, you say start small. You just click, 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 finish. Next one. You read it, you highlight it, and you comment on it. All right? Because I check now. But we do that. Start small. With your husband and your wife, as a husband and a wife, pray over each other every evening. Loudly, even if you sound silly. You can't get worse than me with saying Jesus is pregnant, guys, for goodness sake. Attend church more often. Do it regularly. I'm not saying make it a religious act that if you miss a Sunday, you're going to feel the lightning coming down. I'm saying as far as it is possible to you, church first and everything else second. We were at a beautiful place called Klein Kariba, and what I have done is I had, we had Wi-Fi at a camping site. That was so phenomenal. We could stream. But I used my phone, and we watched church because we were out of town. As far as possible, we have an online option. There are people watching online now. But attend church more regularly. Serve each other. Yeah, Jesus did one thing. He served. Why are we as humans not serving? Because Jesus didn't say, hey, I want something out of it. He said, I want to give something. And he gave his life at the end of the day for everlasting life. There's a coffee station. If you're an introvert, there's a coffee station. You can serve coffee. All you have to do is smile. You don't even have to remember names. There's a welcome team where you can shake a hand. Now you're like, Louis, I don't do shaking hands. It's weird. I must talk to people and so forth. Well, Jesus will grow you in your most uncomfortable places. Now all the introverts are like, oh. Not saying become a circle either. I'm just saying shake a hand. There's ways to do that in a community, at the children's home. There's so many places. But start small. Start somewhere. I started on projection back in the day. I clicked the button. And I love the projection. It's in the sound box and the people at the back. You know why? Because I were there. And when something goes wrong, you know what you guys do? You turn back and you look at them like this. But start somewhere. Serve somewhere. Don't put your husband first and your wife first. Put God first in your marriage. Study the word together. And this year we're doing something phenomenal. We are going on a marriage camp in October. Now, I know Ryan and Lazan said to online guys, I, said too, I don't want to share too much, but I'm going to share a little bit. At the, in October, we are going to take all the marriage couples, and we're going to go on a camp. You and your husband or you and your wife, and we're going to spend some time growing together as couples. And now you have the best excuse ever to actually use that card with family members, because who's going to say no when you say, hey, mom, dad, I want to drop up the kids for a weekend. No, there's no way. But we're going on a church camp. Thank you. And if they don't want to allow you to do that church camp, you give, uh, you give me their numbers. I will phone them and I'll say, this is Pastor Louis. They need to go on to this church camp. All right? Businesses. What we are doing this year is every second month we'll do a business breakfast. We want to get to know the business owners of our church. We want to show you some godly principles and ideas to how to put it into your business because we've seen it's a bit of a struggle to do that. We're not going to leave you to dogs and say, hey, change your business. We want to help you with that. We want to get to know our business owners. But join us for the breakfast, even if you just come for the food. Go on the marriage camp, even if you just go for the romance. But start somewhere. Some of you are single people. It's like, I need to get married before October. At least some of you are engaged already, so that works for you. I want to look at certain people now, but I'm not going to out them. In conclusion, if you want this year to be different, and if you want to sit here next year and go for more 
joyous life, no matter what the year is going to turn out to be. There's one thing I've learned is the world is not getting easier. It's getting more difficult. The world is more intense. The world is more insane in ideologies and beliefs and so forth. But I do know if we put Jesus as the cornerstone and we build our foundation around that cornerstone, it will be so much easier to do life. Like I told you, it's not going to be easy. The devil is going to come knocking. He's locked hard this year for some of us. But I want to end off with this verse, Matthew 6, verse 33 and verse 34. And it says this, again, but seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. I want to end off with verse 34. It says this, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has is not trouble of its own. Look at that. It says, do not worry about tomorrow. Do not have anxiety about tomorrow. Do not stress about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Somehow we believe we must worry about tomorrow when it's tomorrow, but the Bible says no. Tomorrow will worry about itself. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. At the end of the day, you're not David. Jesus is David. And whatever Goliath you are facing, Jesus will give you the victory into that. May 2023. May 2023 be a year that we don't give up. May 2023 be a year where we don't have certain New Year's resolutions that we know is not going to work out. If you were not fit for CrossFit at 20, you will not be fit for CrossFit at 40. I can tell you now. The young ones are kicking my bum. And may you also look to God as your cornerstone. I want you now, as you go home in this week, to retrospect of whatever your New Year's resolution is. Tear them up and see wherever you put Jesus second and not in the cornerstone. And for some of you, it's time to wipe out that house and to redo the foundation. And we as New Life Church promise you, we want to help you in every avenue, marriage, business, uh, equipping, uh, uh, um, youth, young ones, whatever the case should be. We want to help you with that. We're not going to leave you just to figure it out for yourself. But it needs you to take the first step. I cannot take your cornerstone out. You need to do that. Lord, I thank you for each and every person here today. I thank you that we can start 2023 in just such a glorious way. Lord, and I thank you for all the hopes and dreams we have for 2023. Lord, I pray that, I know sometimes we pray that, Lord, whatever our plans is, we that you bless them. But Lord, I pray that we will ask you, what is your plans for us? And that we will walk on that road today. Lord, I come also for people who feel saddened or worried or stressed or fear or has anxiety about anything at this moment. Lord, I pray that, as they hear your words in the Bible today, that they will take that, meditate on that, and seek you with everything they have. Lord, I thank you that our foundation is not built on anything else. It doesn't need to be built on anything else, but only on you. So Jesus, I pray, not for strength or courage or wisdom, I pray for obedience today, that we will take that first step and seek you with everything we have. Lord, I pray that we will build your kingdom, not our kingdom anymore. So I pray, Holy Spirit, guide us, move us, shape us in the direction where you want us to go. I pray for every person over this year, Lord, today, that they will experience you today. They will experience you this year. And whatever may come our way for 2023, you are still in control. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.